Hi, and welcome to the first episode of One Great Song a Day, the podcast that discusses the One Great Song Twitter account. I'm here with my co-host, Alan Byrne. And I'm here with David Kirk, and we're going to be discussing the Twitter account One Great Song a Day, which we've established to link to one great song every day from one artist who can never be repeated on the account. It's not necessarily their best song. We're not picking top of the chart stuff necessarily every time. It's whatever we feel. <laughs> it's very subjective. <laughs> whatever we feel is the best song on the day that we tweeted. Let's begin. Let us begin the first episode of what is to be the most short-lived podcast <laughs> in human history. <laughs> How about we start with, you, you, you kicked us off on the 4th of June with Tom Waits' Hold On. Tom Waits has an awful lot of great songs. Why did you pick Hold On? It's not even that I think it's his best song. Yeah. Although I don't know what I'd say it would be. The actual answer is I was listening to Hold On when the idea came to me. Oh, really? And you just thought, you know, it'd be great to tweet one great song a day that I'm listening to. Yeah, okay. So I just thought one oasis of positivity a day would be really nice. Yeah. So you went with Tom Waits' Hold On, which is a lovely, lovely song. It has a melancholy to it, but it's also hopeful. It is. And it's also one of Tom Waits's, like, I don't want to say rare guitar-only songs, but I mean, he's better known maybe for the piano, like in his older stuff. But. Yeah, like, he's, obviously he started off his first decade or so, it was all very piano-heavy, mm-hmm. and then you never know what you're going to get with latter Tom Waits. <laughs> Your next song was Funkadelic, Maggot Brain, which is amazing. Again, it was kind of informed by the Black Lives Matter thing, where I thought, like, let's amplify some black voices. Mm-hmm. But like, just being honest with myself, like, I don't listen to a lot of, say, like, soul or R and B. So I figured, let's you know, go for something that's genuine and a very important song to me. Maggot Brain was that. I, I, Apparently, I, I, when they were recording it, George Clinton, who's the leader of Funkadelic, told him to play. I think it was play like you just heard your mother had died. You can hear that on the song, I think. And then you went for another kind of instrumental, Lewis and Clark by Tommy Emmanuel. I'm not super familiar with Tommy Emmanuel's enormous back catalogue. He's been around for decades now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was introduced to him first when he did Collaborations album a couple of years ago. And that had Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires involved. So Lewis and Clark is just one of the few songs from Tommy Emanuel's broader career that I've really uh, taken to. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, it's just a great guitar song. It's just so fun to listen to. <laughs> then you finally stopped doing instrumentals and tweeted First Aid Kid. Nothing has to be true. I'd never so, heard of, I've never heard First Aid Kid, like ever. Really? No, they've never cropped up on my radar. They do a great cover of uh, Simon and Garfunkel's America, which is how I was introduced to them. And they have another great song, which actually ties in with one of your picks later. Uh, they have a song about Emmylou Harris. Well, that's good. There's a link between our two tweet runnings. That's good. You know me, I'm big on linking things. Um, yeah, this song, it just it cropped up in my YouTube recommendations. Okay. And I put it on, not thinking much of it, just while I was working. Well, what is First Aid Kit? Because their video looks retro. Are they, are they a retro band, or was it just made to be retro? It's made to be retro. They're, yeah, I, I kind of thought so. They're horribly young, uh, <laughs> lives ahead of them. 
Swedish girls. And nothing much has come out of Sweden since ABBA, so that's good. Sorry, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our first alienated country of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> nothing good has come out of Sweden since the bridge to Denmark. This is the old Mullingar joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I thought it was just a really great pop song, like really great harmonies. It was. I really enjoyed it. And then the Clash, straight to hell. Straight. I mean, to hell. you can't go wrong. No, not the Clash. It solidified itself as my favorite Clash song over the last few years, mm. and there are plenty of contenders. But uh, <laughs> the riff is so instantly recognizable. the The lyrics are amazing. Like very worth delving into as you're listening to it. And it's just a really catchy song. Not to get too bogged down in this one, but like you think about 70s punk. I don't really, but go on. <laughs> well, like say the Ramones or Sex oh, Pistols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to think The Clash were the best of them. Yeah, I think that's kind of hands down. I mean, and a lot of that is not just due to the energy, but even just Joe Strummer's lyrics are great at so many songs. They're powerful. It's a very powerful band. Have you got a theme for next week? That you're thinking of? I, I haven't thought about it a bit. Um, it's okay. a day-to-day thing for me. Okay, that's interesting. I, I like how we're taking two very different approaches to this because I'm I'm terrible at picking songs. You put It puts a lot of pressure on me because I'm just a terrible <laughs> decision maker in general. And when you just said, just pick one song and tweet it, I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> well, let's, let's pick a let's, song. <laughs> let's, let's look at your picks then. Let's see what the... Uh, connective tissue is i well first of all i started with a very old favorite of mine bobby darren mac the knife because i love that song that is my singing in the shower song <laughs> you know have you heard mark lanigan's cover of it yes i think i have I've, I've heard so many covers of it and sinatra did a nice cover of it but i i still think bobby darren's is the best yeah so i so because then you had um david bowie's life on mars which everyone should be familiar with Yes, so that I, I, I went very popular for, I think, the next couple of songs because I have a lot of triple-picking things and <laughs> deciding. So I so decided... Talk about the link between the two. Bobby Darren died very young, 1973. And in 1973, uh, Life on Mars hit number three in the chart. I've been listening to a bit of Bowie anyway around the time you kind of came to me and said, let's tweet a song a day. And I was like, yeah, Bowie! <laughs> Because <laughs> that's that's what I was listening to at the time. And then I said one per artist, and you were destroyed. No, it's because Bowie's got so many great songs. But I actually think Life on Mars is, arguably now, is the epitome of Bowie. It's got a little bit of everything Bowie in there. Um, I think you could argue maybe like ten songs for that. Oh, you could, you could. Like uh, Starman definitely is also very much epitome Heroes. of Bowie. You, mm, I don't think that's epitome of Bowie. It's it's not as you know, oh, I, th- I think every bit of Bowie's in that song. I think there's a lot of Bowie in that song, but I wouldn't say every bit. You know, that you know, when everyone does their Bowie Im- impression and it just kind of hits that really awkward high, not quite whiny, but not quite singing <laughs> kind of <laughs> thing. And <laughs> there's not much of that in Heroes. Uh, Heroes is a really, it's a really solid song, it's a really solid anthem, but he doesn't really go very, you know, 70s Bowie on it. But that kind of led me on to, uh, my next song. I wanted something a little more hopeful, but a little bit of a protest song too. My link to uh, my next song, which is Bob Marley and Peter Tosh, Get Up, Stand Up. Performed by, I, I think I linked to Bob Marley's live version of that. The link is uh, Mick Rock, the photographer. So he uh, he did the video for Life on Mars in 1973 for Bowie. And he also photographed Bob Marley on that, on the tour where he performed Get Up, Stand Up live. 
and it's just such a great kind of protest song. But like Bob Marley does a lot of very hopeful songs, and he does a lot of great love songs as well. And I really love that reggae beat. I really do. I'm not into almost. <laughs> I would not describe myself in any way as someone who's into reggae so much. But anything Bob Marley has done is amazing to me. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's just maybe it's just him, uh, but I, uh, or I've not given reggae enough of a chance i don't know the artists but well, he's definitely the one you'd point to as the crossover artist he made it big moving on to your next pick which was peter gabriel's 14 black paintings which i was not familiar with at all as i went through I think last year a big phase of listening to genesis anytime you listen to like a genesis playlist on spotify and it, and it kind of runs out it'll link you to genesis like songs so naturally you're going to be brought to peter gabriel and then I started listening to a lot of Peter Gabriel. Um, and this is one that I don't think it made a huge impact to me at the time. I liked it. And I kind of like to read the background of some songs. 14 Black Paintings was inspired by Peter Gabriel seeing an exhibition. And it was dedicated to human rights. And he's been involved in a lot of human rights things. That's the link to the Bob Marley thing. He covered Get Up Stand Up with a few others. I think Bruce Springsteen and a couple of others at an Amnesty International concert. I wouldn't say it's his best song. Because, I mean, if you're thinking Peter Gabriel, you're going to think Sledgehammer or uh, Salisbury Hill, you know? That kind of led me to today. And so the link, trying to figure out who to tweet today, I was like, how do you go from Peter Gabriel? You can go from Peter Gabriel, I think, to anyone. He's the, the one-man separate, you know, that six-degree separation mm. kind of thing. Everyone's just linked to Peter Gabriel. He's the hub. If you can link to Peter Gabriel, you can link to anybody. But I, I saw Lou Harris on there. I haven't listened to kind of country music in a long time. Chippens reminds me of, do you remember that Simpsons with the country star? Lurleen. Lurleen looking. <laughs> it just reminds me of that in a way, but I really like that kind of music. I don't by any means listen to it all the time, but I love, it's probably why I like Drive-By Trucker so much as well, because it's kind of country and rock, my two, I guess, arguably favorite genres. A lot of her, a lot of Emmy Lou's best stuff was done with Dolly Parton and part of that trio thing and she's done a lot of collaborations i picked boulder to birmingham for today's song because i've been in a couple of long distance type relationship things you know this these are the ones that resonate with me but yeah you said uh, how do we listen to music how's that different how do you listen to music do you use your ears i mean mostly what's hmm. left of them yeah after the accident well, i just mean like you you've talked a lot about how you know, it came up on a playlist or you've been listening to a playlist of Bowie or whatever. Whereas I'm far more likely to pick an album. Yeah. You seek out music, you know, or, or like, or want to try. Whereas I let music find me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a problem because I do find it hard to find new artists. But mm. when I do, I vastly prefer to own the music rather than listen to it on a streaming platform. Yeah, this is uh, going back to a conversation we had during the week, um, which I still don't fully understand because I haven't researched it. I haven't had the, the time to research it, but it was really interesting because I, I use Spotify for an awful lot of my streaming listings. You always link me to like YouTube <laughs> for things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so well, what's, then you like to own your music. So uh, and I think you use, you use Bandcamp. So tell me, what, what's wrong with Spotify and why is, uh, is Bandcamp preferable? Do you remember Napster? Vaguely. People started realizing, oh, we can just download MP3s for free from this website. You might remember that Metallica threw their career in the bin over it. Spotify is that, but the labels make money off of it. Okay. Artists still make next to nothing. 
I was explaining to you this week their royalty payout system. Everyone's subscription and I presume any sort of ad revenue goes into a big pot and whatever gets paid out from that to labels and artists is decided by like global percentages of listening. Yeah. Let's say like they don't, but let's say they got 50% of all listens on Spotify this month. Okay. That means that you could have put on a whole steady album on the first of the month on a constant repeat for the entire month, never turning it off. Standard month then, yeah. And 50% of your subscription fee would go to Taylor Swift or Beyonce. That is insane. Does it go to Does it go to the artist now? Or you said it goes to the label. Well, once it's paid out by Spotify, I'm guessing it will depend on individual contracts with labels uh, there was a pitchfork article i guess two weeks ago now okay that went into like people who make pennies per month off of spotify when they're getting you know decent numbers of listens yeah at the same time like every artist that gets interviewed says they use spotify mm-hmm. it's not like i'm saying don't use spotify no it's a great way of getting your music out there and listen to it, it needs improvement. And so Bandcamp, for example, yeah, they were already giving very favorable percentages to artists of anything bought through Bandcamp. Okay. I'm not sure of the exact split. It's definitely up in like the like artists get way over half, I think. Does Bandcamp allow streaming or do you have to buy albums? What's the, what's the deal? It gives a certain number of free streams. Okay. And then if you buy something, you get unlimited streams. Okay, so the money that... So say I want to listen to the whole steady for a month, like I always do. I can go to Bandcamp, buy whatever a whole steady album or they sell bundles. I don't know. Whatever way they sell the whole steady. I can buy that and have unlimited streams of all the songs I listen to anyway on Spotify and rest assured that my money is actually going to the band and not yeah. to uh, the great Taylor Swift, Beyonce rivalry that never dies. And Bandcamp have also started doing, um, on the first Friday of each month, yes. they waive their store fees. Like 100% of what you're paying goes to the artist or the label or whoever's put music up there. Nice. Now, it does raise an issue because I was thinking about this. I held off on buying Jason Isbell's latest album until last week when I could do it on the uh, no store fee day. But I was just thinking... If enough people start doing that, Bandcamp are going to suffer. <laughs> that's the trouble. You try and get people interested. I mean, I guess if Bandcamp started suffering from the no Storfy day, I'm going to just say Storfy is one word. Storfy, I like it. Uh, if they, yeah, I guess if they start suffering because of no Storfy day, they will find a way to limit that. I mean, it's a business decision on their part, and if they're smart business people, they will tweak or stop doing it if it hurts their business too I mean, much. It's, it started off as like, you know, no one's able to go out and play concerts anymore and that's where most bands get their majority income these days. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I was not aware that that's how the Spotify model worked and it, it really hit me because I like the bands I listen to and I know they are getting money from my subscription but it's nowhere near what I thought it would be but at the same time I also enjoy using Spotify to discover new music. So in a way, it's it's a nice platform for that. But 
I do want to support, but, like, support the musicians I, I, I enjoy listening to. When I had a Spotify subscription, and I, I used to get it through my phone plan. Oh, right. And as soon as that got dropped, I just said, no, nah, I'm not paying 10 yeah. euro a month for it. I made a deal with myself where if I listened to an album more than five times, mm. that meant I liked the album enough to buy it. That's fair. That's a nice system. Because let's face it, music is not something you listen to and then never listen to again. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not something you consume with your ears once, only to kind of go, well, that was lovely. I'll remember me, that forever. <laughs> Now let's uh, let's wrap this up. We've done. I think this is a good first podcast. There's certainly been very. It's very low energy. We are very low energy people. And there's we, a vibe. There's a vibe. I think we're going for with one great song a day. Where it's like, come here for five minutes, listen to a great song, go about your day. Yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us on the inaugural One Great Song podcast. You can follow the Twitter account at One Great Song One. The first one is O N E. The second one is the number one. Why? It is a pick? great handle. Alan Byrne, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it was auto-picked by Twitter. <laughs> so are most of these songs. <laughs> it's one great song, not one great Twitter handle. Very, very accurate. Join us for more great songs. Only once will you hear from these artists on this Twitter account. But you'll hear from us every week. Every single week. Unless we're bored or sick or busy. We're not very invested in this. It's the worst outro. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>